0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Sanctuary. It is week five. Believe it or not, we are a quarter of the way through the season. And as always, week in, week out, we are here to get you set up for that week. We're going to talk through Redraft, DFS, a little bit of Dynasty Nuggets. We're going to break down every single matchup that you need to know to set those lineups. We're going to start with Our game of the week. It's a late game. We don't normally like starting with a late game, but this week we are because this is a juicy one. Philly against the Rams. I mean, there are plenty of players that you are entering lineups in this week. Tom, where do you want to start?
1: I mean, there's so much to talk about this one. And we've got to kind of mention that Cooper Cup is pushing to play. I think it would be very easy to gloss over that if it was a player who isn't Cooper Cup but Cooper Cup is an absolute star the reports out this week suggest that the injury wasn't as bad as the team fought a few weeks ago which I'm not saying that Cooper Cup didn't need to go on IR it sounded like he absolutely did but by all accounts he's looked fantastic in practice Sean McVeigh said that he wasn't limited even though the team had to designate him as limited on the practice report And so much of what the Rams have done well over the last few weeks with Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, the ramifications of how this looks with Cooper Cup back in the lineup is going to be huge. I mean, is is, uh, Tutu going to continue his streak of four games with eight or more targets in all those games? He's only one of four wide receivers to do that. We know what Puka Nakua has been. You know, he's been fantastic. Um, And now are you saying, okay, well, how much longer can he cling on to being wide receiver four? That seems like a bit of a high aspiration. But if he can slot more into the Robert Woods role that it seems like the Rams possibly wanted him to be when they drafted him, then that's fine. We know Cooper Cup can get back to being his fantastic self as well, even if it starts a little quiet. And in the Eagles, they're facing a secondary that is perhaps getting by on reputation over the last couple of years a little more than they warrant. You can get at that secondary. We've seen the Vikings got them. We've seen that, you know, Philly have allowed the fifth most points to opposing wide receivers. So it's... With this game being a late one, I'm going to build a lot of lineups that play either Chalk or Contrarian plays early on and then lean into this game and attack it from different points of view for this game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for this game. I think there's so much to really look forward to here.
0: Have you got any reticence? We talked previous weeks with hamstring injuries of, you know, we want to be one week kind of of them playing before we're entering lineups. Is Cooper Cup one of those players that you want to see for a week or is he so good that as soon as he's active, you he got to start him?
1: It's really tricky because there's definitely been players who I wasn't starting on the first week back, like Christian Watson. I wanted to see it and that turned out to be right. He was on a pitch count. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams try to keep Cooper Cup on a pitch count, but I think some of my teams, I mean, I need Cooper Cup to start and... Benching Cooper Cup for somebody else is a really difficult choice, more so than any of the other ones that we've been presented with so far. So, I think it'll be on a case by case, team by team sort of decision, really. And uh, if you do have those lineup questions,
0: drop them in the chat, and we will get to them all tonight. Yeah, I think for me, he's in that kind of wide receiver two territory, and you know, if if you've got a situation where you can afford to sit Cooper Cup in a, you know, a selected lineup fair play to you because she seems probably loaded but what about on the Eagles side is there any particular players that um you're you're particularly targeted for DFS this week so I mean AJ Brown's
1: usage is substantially more than what we were kind of seeing last year like he is dominating in a way that we just didn't see last year it seemed to be a bit more spread out like Dallas got it was getting screens consistently and was really a not necessarily a focal point of the offense but he was a definite part of it every week. And this year we're just seeing that it is AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and then the running game, they're leaning into the running game a bit more often. Yeah, DeAndre Swift has played far better than we perhaps thought he might, but Kenneth Gainwell's still involved there. But I mean, if you're looking to stack this game up, you're talking about Jalen Hurts, who's the QB5, and you compare him with AJ Brown, who's the wide receiver eight, or Devonta Smith, who's the wide receiver 15. Smith, 7,400 on DraftKings, is very easy to fit in. I think plenty of people will fit AJ Brown in. The Rams' defense ranks 24th in DVOA, but they've allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs and the ninth fewest to wide receivers. So it's like in efficiency metrics, this defense isn't doing great, but they haven't really been giving up huge amounts of points. But I would expect that to change against this Eagles' offense, which is far better than any they've faced so far.
0: And the one question that I want to know about the Eagles passing game, is it the squeaky wheel game for Goddard? We've seen a few people talk about we need to get him passing, he's still a part of this offense, we'll get him involved. Do you think they force feed him? You know, he's a a screen heavy receiver. Do we think we see four or five manufactured touches to Dallas Goddard just to try and get him back into being a part of this offense?
1: So this is the second time this season where the Eagles coaching staff have come out and talked about needing to get Dallas Goddard more involved in the passing game and talked about how, you know, he should be getting more catches. But I think when that happens for Dallas Goddard, it is just going to be more designed screens. So what you're kind of hoping with with Dallas Goddard is he either gets there through A, volume, or B, breaking one of them and turning it into massive yards after the catch. What kind of gives you a little bit of hope for that? I mean, at 4200, he's a hundred dollars more than Tyler Higby. So, I'm not sure either of those tight ends are particularly going to get played on DraftKings. If you're talking about redraft or dynasty, I think you can absolutely start Dallas Goddard this week, which didn't feel like something we'd have to say. I've got Dallas Goddard in my home league, and it's something that's been causing me pain. The Rams have given up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They've also been worse against fantasy uh, tight ends from the slot in that position. Sorry, in line rather than from the slot. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like this is going to be a bad matchup for Del it It's just easier to click for two wide receivers because they're just so much more fun.
0: Yeah, agreed 100%. And I think from a Adonis' perspective, I think I'm one week away from buying into Swift. I was out in the off-season I thought that this offence where Hertz is getting so many of the carries around the goal line, not heavy receiving usage, but Swift has been so efficient running the ball between tackles, which is not something I ever thought I'd say for DeAndre Swift. I think if he does it again this week against... You know a decent front seven of the rams i think i'm ready to to kind of jump in and, and commit to him longer term before we move on to the next matchup tom we've got a couple of questions if you have got any questions and you're watching live jump across onto youtube get them in the comments there if you're commenting on twitter we cannot see it as we're talking live but mariano says should i give sanders and higgins for joe mixon <laughs>
1: That's a tough one because obviously Higgins' injury doesn't sound too bad, but it probably is going to affect him for at least a week or two. Uh and Miles Sanders has come back from an injury himself. I'm not sure you end up getting a whole lot better in terms of your overall roster by making that trade. I think I'd look if I was looking to trade Sanders and Higgins, I'd look to trade it for someone
0: else other than Mixon. Yeah, I think the the only way I'd do this deal is if Higgins is my wide receiver for And therefore, he's not going to get in my lineup. And I'm basically trading a bench bench piece to upgrade on Sanders. I do that. But if Higgins is one of my top three wide receivers, I'm not making that move. Uh, And then the next question uh, from Ballard, he says, trade Brees Hall, Matheson, Amon Rossin-Brown, Devontae Parker and Chark for Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Christian Kirk and Gerald Everett. Man, that's a complex trade. I think he's been speaking to Tarek, one of our YouTube members, <laughs> who uh, who loves a big trade. What do you reckon? I think it's
1: the first side I'd stay with that because you've got Brees Hall, MRR St. Brown, Madison, who I think is still going to see 60-40 split at the very least, and I think Chark's going to be fine, whereas I don't have much faith in Aaron Jones. I think Christian Kirk's week's going to be very you know, up and down and Gerald Everett isn't what I hoped he would be. So, no, I think I would stick with it or find a different trade.
0: Yeah, I think I'm viewing this as Brees Hall and Amaross in Brown is equal to Tyreek Hill and Aaron Jones. I'd probably prefer Mattison over Christ- Christian Kirk. And then Parker, Shark and Gerald Everett are all kind of throw-ins. So, yeah fairly even but i agree with you i think i'd probably prefer that front half rather than the the back half uh so we'll dive across to the next matchup it is the london game obviously jacksonville in london back-to-back weeks buffalo coming across as the home team is this a get right week for the jacksonville offense i feel like i've said that the last three weeks on the trot but maybe this is the week i I don't know about that
1: i think (laughs) this uh buffalo team uh bringing an awful lot of quarterback pressure. We saw them get pressure on Tua last week. Von Miller's supposed to be healthy and ready to play. He's made the trip with his teammates. So they're bringing pressure without having a blitz, which is always noteworthy. I think what we've seen from the Jags is that we talked about in the offseason, we had Josh Norris on the channel, who also talked about how the Jags needed to be more explosive this year. And the bottom five in big plays with only 17. That's an area which we needed to see more of. And I'm not sure that's suddenly going to change against Buffalo, who did a reasonable job of keeping the Dolphins in check last week. In terms of how I would play this game, Zay Jones has returned to practice. It will be interesting to see how that affects Christian Kirk because we've seen him play far more over the last couple of weeks without Zay Jones. It feels like when the Jags are in situations where they need free wide receivers on the field more often, when they don't have a lead, then Christian Kirk is going to be out there plenty. With Zay Jones being out, Evan Ingram has been fine. You know, he's had five more receptions in each game this year. But the Bills, they're very good against the tight end position. They've allowed the second-fewest points to the tight end position so far. So it's tricky. I mean, Travis Etienne, he's getting the workload, but it's not turning into good points because the Jags aren't scoring lots of points. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, the Bills lead the league in percentage of drives to result in a score with 57%. Stefan Diggs is the wide receiver five with like over 23 points per game, which is fantastic. So it's a lot easier on the Bills' side in terms of going, okay, well, we'll start James Cook. We'll start Stefan Diggs. You can probably start Gabe Davis at a push. I don't think this Jags' defense is anything you really need to worry about too much. But on the Jag side of things, I mean, people are panicking about Calvin Ridley. He is the wide receiver 37, Christian Kirk's the wide receiver 26 ahead of him. You were, I mean, we were both high on Calvin Ridley, but you were high as well. Do you have much hope that Calvin Ridley can get right?
0: Yeah, I, I think that if you watch the games, it's been small margins that have meant that he's missed out on a couple of big plays. The thing that concerned me last week was the target volume and, you know, such a high percentage going to Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley just getting basically the scraps was a concern. I do think that Christian Kirk is more of the man beater and Ridley is more of the zone. And we've seen that over the first kind of couple of weeks where Christian Kirk basically feasts against teams that run a lot of man. Buffalo traditionally are a zone defence. They've obviously lost Tredavious White from last week. I think this could be a really good week for Calvin Ridley. Um, one question I have for you, though, Tom. We've seen Dawson Knox is banged up yet again. Last week was the first week this season that Dalton Kincaid has run more routes than Dawson Knox. Do you think that we could finally see the Dalton Kincaid that we'd hope to see week one, that it feels like it's coming? Do you think it could be here? I think that's what it's going to take, isn't it? It's going to take Dawson
1: Knox not being on the field for the vast majority of snaps in order to see Dalton Kincaid get enough snaps to the point where he can be particularly relevant. But so far, what we've seen hasn't been the true wide receiver at tight end position that was advertised. We've not seen him getting downfield. It's just been like a low A dot stuff. He's been close to the line of scrimmage. And they're using him. He is like Cole Beasley. It's that Cole Beasley role for the Bills where you need a player to get there on pure volume. So, yeah, if Dawson Knox doesn't start, Dalton Kincaid will be startable in pretty much all formats. I'd be completely fine with that.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? That I think his his blocking needs to improve before um, we can consider him a true matchup. Um, before we move on to the next matchup, we got a, a question in the chat from Nick. He says, which, we, which three would you start this week? Bijan, Hall, Swift, Pacheco, Stevenson.
1: Definitely starting Bijan, there's no question about it. I'd start Brees Hall as well. I think I'd probably go with
0: uh, I'd go with Pacheco over Swift just. So I I've got it ranked. Bijan's a must start. And then I've got Swift Pacheco Hall. Stevenson's uh, a, a way back but I, I'd i personally, I think that Swift, given the matchup, given the volume he's seen the last three weeks I think you've got to start him Pacheco against the Vikings, I don't have any faith in the Vikings stopping anyone um, and I know that they've talked up Brees Hall but I'm a little bit reticent to dive all in this week, I think maybe another week to wait on that So yeah, I'd go Bijan Swift, Pacheco personally Right, the next matchup but before we get there if you've got any questions you want them answered Tom and I are here live get them in get them in the youtube chat don't post them on twitter cuz we can't see them but also if you're watching this and it's not live you can still post your questions in the comments we answer 100% of the questions in the comments get your lineup questions get your trade questions we will 100% get a response for you the next matchup is the giants at miami it feels like this is could be very, very one-sided. It is a big over-under at 50. The majority of those points are coming from Miami with the bookies uh, leaning that way. Do you think this could be a boat race and uh, and therefore potentially not a great one for fantasy? I mean,
1: the Giants have to get going. They've got to start doing things differently to what they have been doing. You look back in pre-season and Darren Waller was getting isolated looks, you know, they were moving around, they were making sure that he saw advantageous matchups. What we've seen so far this season has been terrible, like they're not using him creatively. This week was a big turning point because they lent on Wondale Robinson and Jalen Hyatt. They gave them more snaps from the likes of Paris Campbell and Sterling Shepard and Isaiah Hodgins. The only wide receiver ahead of those two was Darius Slayton in terms of snaps, so Getting those two involved would be a big improvement. I think that that is something that they need to do. Having a healthy Saquon Barkley, of course, would be a massive improvement too. But this offensive line is still an absolute mess, and by the sounds of it, three of the Giants starters are still not practicing and are doubtful to play this week. You've got Evan Neal on the offensive line coming out and starting wars with the fans and you know making horrendous <laughs> comments in the press. So it wouldn't be surprising to see. I'm not saying he'd be benched, but it wouldn't be surprising to see something like that because the team seemed very unhappy with his comments as well. On the Dolphins side of it, you know, Devin Achan, we had 13 touches last week to it's 12. He's now up to the RB2 overall, is it? And Mostert is the RB4. I might have that the wrong way around. Oh no. Yeah, that's right. Uh so You can start both of them until Jeff Wilson gets back. I think you can be fine starting both. It feels like Devon Achan's role is so developed in a creative way that it's going to work. Last week kind of whiffed on Jalen Waddle. It felt like a Jalen Waddle week, but it wasn't to be. I do think that we are due a big performance. His usage has been good. The fantasy points have been okay, but because he's not had any touchdowns, He's languishing as the wide receiver 44, whilst Tyreek is the wide receiver three. And I do think that can turn around. Uh, But really, yeah, this game just comes back to, can Daniel Jones stay upright? You know, he's been hit 37 times. He was sacked 22 times over the course of the last four games. And he's been intercepted six times through four games, which is more than all of last year. So if the Giants can scheme things to keep Daniel Jones okay, then they have a chance, but this one feels very easy for the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, it feels like this could get up early and just run the, run the ball basically to uh, to run out the clock, which we've seen Miami can run the ball and keep putting up points. We've got a question from one of our YouTube members, Ollie. He's basically saying, "How do you see the backfield right now? But more importantly, moving forward." Now I know you covered it right now. I think for me, both the guys. I think Achain's a, a top twelve back this week. I've got Moster 18. I think if you've got them, you kind of got to plug them in your lineup. But how do you see it for the next three, four weeks with potentially Jeff Wilson getting thrown in the mix?
1: Yeah, Jeff Wilson isn't practicing yet. He was eligible to start this week, but he's not. So it's kind of going to be interesting to see what happens there. I wonder whether the Dolphins end up trading one of Moster or Jeff Wilson at some point because They're getting more from Devon Ochan than they thought they would be. You know, they were connected to Dalvin Cook. They were connected to Jonathan Taylor. That move never really felt right to me because of how the Dolphins have invested at the running back position over the last few years. It would have been quite out of character. But it always smelled a little bit like they weren't completely confident in Ochan, whereas now... I mean, you don't put that back in the ball. Like, surely they're going to carry on with this and the way they use him makes up for the fact that he doesn't have that prototypical size. So, I think you can start Devon Ochan every week. I think you can probably start Raheem Mosa every week because we expect this offense to keep scoring points at a very high, high rate for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think the thing to be cautious with Ochan is that he is electric. He's been phenomenal on limited touches there is absolutely a week coming where he's going to have 10 touches for 15 yards and not score. It's just it you can guarantee it. Yes, he's electric, but there will be a defense that bottles him up. And he's never going to be a player that's going to command, you know, Derek Henry style 24 carry games. That's just not going to be his game. But I think that when he's as explosive as he is and had the production he has, you you can't not put him in your lineup. The one thing for Dynasty I think is is worth keeping on, Wondell Robinson, you mentioned at the top, 27% targets per route run. They want to get the ball in his hands. Every time he's healthy, we've seen this Giants offense run through him. And I think that he's a guy that you can probably go out and buy very, very cheap right now and could easily be a wide receiver three for you for the rest of the season. So, yeah, if you can sneak him away, maybe... Maybe a third, maybe you have to pay a couple of thirds. He could be a, a sneaky little buy-low option right now. The next max up, uh, up we've got Carolina at Detroit. This is another game that feels like it could be very, very one-sided. Is there anyone because of that that you, you're kind of interested in?
1: Yeah, you've got on screen there, the Panthers' defence is 26 in defensive DVOA versus the Lions' offence, which is fourth in offensive DVOA. That's about as clear mismatch as they come. The Panthers, their best hope would be that MR St. Brown isn't healthy enough to play this week, but what we've seen is that MRR St. Brown, if there is a way that he can play, he absolutely will play every week. I mean, and when he does play, you absolutely lean into it and play him because the kind of volume that he can command is fantastic. I'll absolutely be playing David Montgomery this week on DraftKings and in all the leagues I have him. I think that running back on DraftKings this week, is a bit ugly, and David Montgomery, his role is so well-defined at the minute. He has the third most fantasy points from pure rushing only, and as electric as Jameer Gibbs is, he's not a pass protector, and the Lions, we keep saying it every week, the Lions run so much play action because that's what Jared Goff is best at, David Montgomery is good in pass protection. Jameer Gibbs at his time in Alabama, I think he had less than 40 snaps in pass protection the whole time he was there. So it just doesn't make sense to put him on the field for those situations. Sam Laporta at 5K is absolutely going to be a very attractive play this week. I think, you know, what we're seeing out of him is more than most people expected. He's tight end four in PPR points per game at the minute. Uh, and yet, if you want to really push this, you could possibly go with a Lions stack. But I think there's better quarterback options this week. In terms of the Panthers side of the ball, it's not looking pretty. You know, last week, you look, their clear plan was that they were just going to get the ball out to screens. And when the screens didn't work, there was really very little else for them. Miles Sanders was apparently coming still working his way back from his injury. He didn't practice for two days leading up to the game. The early morning reports on Sunday said that he'd be fine. Didn't really look like it. Chiba Hubbard mixed in much more than we expected. And the Lions' run defense is a particularly good unit. I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but they have been fantastic for a little while now. So I wouldn't be lining up to start either one of them. I think if you want to look at a... Deep kind of dart throw sort of tight end play. The lines have allowed the Lab's second most fantasy points to tight ends, but Hayden Hurst, he's tight end twenty-eight in points per game. He's really not got it going very much so far. And it'd be better to just find the money to play Sam Laporta, really.
0: Yeah, I I I I can't get on board with Hayden Hurst, his snap share's going down, the target share's non existent. I think, yeah, that is very much hit and hope, and you're basically praying for a touchdown. Jameson Williams back this week. Is he a player that, you know, we know he's got lightning quick speed. We know that he's probably going to have at least a package of plays as a deep threat. Is he a guy that you could potentially sneak into, you know, tournament lineups as a what the heck flyer at the price he is? I think if you're playing the Millie maker, it probably
1: makes some sense to have some exposure to him because at 4K, it just opens up your lineup. You can absolutely ram in some great studs on the back of playing a 4K player. But what we saw with Jameson Williams when he came back last year was very, very limited role early on. And now he's coming back from a hamstring injury. Like, it didn't sound like, you know, the team... We're pleased to have him back and for him to actually be at a play a couple of weeks ahead of schedule, but it didn't sound like he was a hundred percent healthy. Like Dan Campbell talked about, how we're going to be sensible with it. So, in redraft, I wouldn't be starting Jameson Williams. I think you absolutely have to see what we do first. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're the dynasty guy, Rich. Do you feel like he can put
0: it together and break out now? No, I think that there's there's look, there's a re. I wasn't a big Jameson Williams. F- fan coming out I think there's a reason why he was running so many plays in the preseason. I think that he's not put it together last year yeah okay he was injured but then when he was on the field he did nothing and I think that I don't believe that he's going to come in and be anything more than a situational deep threat that might get the odd, odd touch odd carry so yeah I'd I'd much rather you know you see the numbers on the screen I think if you want to attack this lions offense and and you can't pay up to go and get Adam ross brown sam laporte is the way to go i mean he's just an absolute beast and he's been incredible week in week out the next the next game we're going to go across to two young quarterbacks that have had slightly different starts to the season houston against atlanta relatively low over under only at 41 and a half um interestingly the cash is almost exactly 50 on on the under so uh it's it's you know that over under is staying where it is is there anyone that you can keep buying into on this atlanta offense or do you think that it's time to uh, start giving up on some of these guys
1: yeah Bijan robinson isn't a little click for me in dfs this week i've talked about it like Running back position looks a bit ugly, and I'd much rather pay up for Bijan Robinson than take a middle tier running back to pair him with. Uh, outside of that, on the Falcon side, I mean, Kyle Pitts down at thirty three hundred—it's absolutely where he belongs. You know, he's tight end twenty nine. Johnny Smith is tight end eleven in points per game, and it just shows you he isn't healthy. There's various videos of him running and having a bit of an awkward gait when he runs, so. I'm not interested in that. I think this is one which people are going to perhaps be drawn to and think that there's sneaky upside in this game because the Texans have been on an absolute tear. You know, CJ Stroud has been passing at a ridiculous rate. You can see it there on screen from my friend Dwayne McFarlane. Of QBs to average at least 290 yards in the first four games of their career since 2000, CJ Stroud is right behind Cam Newton ahead of Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. He is playing at an incredible level. But the Falcons, they've allowed a league-low 28 points to wide receivers out wide. In the slot, they're slightly weaker. And a lot of this comes back to AJ Terrell, who shadowed Calvin Ridley last week. There were times where they were also putting Jesse Bates onto Calvin Ridley as well and double-teaming him. Not to the length that you'd go to if it was somebody like Devante Adams or Justin Jefferson. But they know what their strength is in that secondary and how to deal with it. So I think Nico Collins is somebody I'd be slightly more worried about this week. If Falcons decide to shadow him, I mean that kind of stuff gets blown out of proportion normally, but AJ Terrell shadowed Calvin Ridley on 80% of snaps last week. That's a huge amount, but it's very rare to see it kind of like over 60. So I think I'm a little bit more drawn to Tank Dell at 4,800 than Nico Collins at 5,600. Damian Pierce feels like a player who's going to get right sooner rather than later. The Texans' offensive line, we've been talking about it for weeks now, but Laramie Tunsell's healthy. Titus Howard is healthy, which means that the two of them could return to the left-hand side of the line and actually give them at least half an offensive line that's healthy. But Pierce, he's the only running back with 10 missed tackles forced who is averaging fewer than three yards per carry. Like he's trying to make players miss, but every time that he makes one player miss, he's just swarmed by more defenders. And last week his usage wasn't incredible, but that was because it just absolutely blew the Steelers out of the water. So the Texans decided to get Singletary more involved. So yeah, Drake London, if you need to start him, you need to start him. But as you can see on screen there, he said two games over 11 points and two under 6.0. So trying to guess which version of London we see every week is going to be very difficult. And it'll be interesting to see how the Falcons play in general coming back from a bad defeat in London and not having the bye.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you saying about AJ Terrell, PFF are projecting him to follow... Nico Collins on 40% of routes. So I think, you know, that may sound like a small number, but that's actually quite a large number. You're normally around the sort of 20% mark. So um, yeah, I I would also be, you know, you don't need to threaten me with a good time with Tank Dell. You know, I'm I'm all in on that. And I'm really excited about, you know, we've talked about CJ Stroud and how good he's being. You know, I've been talking in the week. He he's now a first round startup pick for me in Superflex Drafts. I'm really excited about what he's done. And now he's getting a healthy offensive line. It feels like it could go to a whole new level. And I'm really, really excited about what this Houston offense could be, particularly that passing game. We've got a couple of questions in the chat, though, Tom. Um, Trade Henry for Waddle, and that's Brian Robinson. What are your thoughts?
1: If I'm getting Waddle and Brian Robinson, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I would uh, not be doing it the other way around.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think for me, Hem- Henry and Robinson are probably in a similar tier. So you're basically getting yep. a free Waddle. So uh, yeah, that's an easy smash. And then the next question from Nicholas. Uh, who are you starting, Jordan Love or Fields at QB? Uh, I do have Watson as my wide receiver three. Three running backs of Brian Robinson, Etienne, Kyron Williams or a chain. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Jordan Love or Fields?
1: it's tricky because Jordan Love is the QB4, QB5 overall um, and they've got a very easy matchup against Vegas Justin Fields came off probably one of the best games of his career last week I think I'd possibly lean towards Jordan Love just because the Packers wide receivers are getting healthy and I've got a little bit more faith in them and sometimes when I don't like a lineup decision I just don't like playing the Thursday night one I'd rather give myself a little more time to be okay with
0: it. yeah no I I think I've got them back to back I've got fields ahead of Jordan Love but they are you know back to back so it's incredibly close uh, and then three running backs, so Brian Robinson Etienne Corin Williams a chain
1: uh, I'd be taking Brian Robinson I'd taking a Chan
0: and Etienne. Yeah, I'm just looking. Etienne, Kyron Williams, a Chan for me. So I think I'd sit Brian Robinson out of those. But yeah, that's that's a pretty good question, position to be, let's be brutally <laughs> honest. Uh, you're probably going to win that matchup. Uh, if you are here, if you're watching and you've not hit that thumbs up, help us out, you know, hit that thumbs up. Let's see those numbers start to tick up. Uh, and also, if you're here and you're enjoying what you're watching, hit the subscribe. There'll be more content. Tom will have all his DFS content coming later in the week. Early next week, I'll have my Rise and Fallers and the Dicey focus stuff. So, uh, yeah, keep it all coming and we'll get you going. The next matchup, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, incredibly low over-under. Is it just a case of it's this is a defensive AFC North matchup and therefore you can't really attack it in DFS? It's, it's tricky. I mean, I think that over-under
1: is going to climb a bit because Kenny Pickett was taken off the injury report today. And he should be able to play. I think that you're probably losing at least a point for the Mitch Trubisky. Um, quite like if Mitch Trubisky was starting, but ultimately, I mean, this is just a mismatch in terms of quality. The Ravens defense is fourth in DVOA versus Pittsburgh offense, which is 30th in offensive DVOA, so it's. Ravens' defense but it's also getting healthier. Marlon Humphrey returned to practice this week. Marcus Williams practiced last week and almost played. You look at the Ravens as a whole, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Keaton Mitchell, Ronnie Stanley, they're all practicing, we are all getting healthier. So it feels like if the Ravens want to go out there and lay the hammer down on the Steelers offensively and defensively, there's a reasonable chance for them to do it. You know, the Steelers have allowed three top five wide receiver finishes so far, fourth most fantasy points to the position. Really like Zay Flowers this week. Odell is going to have bigger games than he's had so far. I think Rashad Bateman, we're still waiting and hoping that there's going to be a breakout game, but Zay Flowers at 5,500 on DraftKings is kind of an auto click for me. Mark Andrews, we know that when Lamar is pressured, his first look is always going to be to Mark Andrews, and TJ Watt is still going to bring pressure against this Ravens offensive line, even if it's getting healthier. In terms of the Steelers, though, it's now been 39 games without 400 total yards of offense, which is just baffling. It's crazy that they've gone for, you know, you're talking like, what, almost three seasons Najee Harris is averaging 8.4 expected PPR points in 2022. That was 14.9, and 2021, it was 19.7. He's really struggling to get any kind of separation from Jalen Warren, even though he's actually doing better in a bunch of rushing metrics than he has done over the previous couple of years. But what's hurting him is he's not getting the passing down role. And there's no goal line role because the sealers don't get to the goal line. George Pickens, he's been disappointing. We thought with Deontay Johnson out that he could end up taking a bigger role and being really good. But what we're seeing is it's just the same old story. You know, he is an excellent contested catch player, but... Kenny Pickett last week, he threw 63% of his first down passes behind the line of scrimmage. That resulted in zero first downs and picked up, like no, none of them picked up over five yards. So when you're doing that, then it's going to be very difficult for a guy like George Pickens, who wants to win the ball downfield to be relevant. So without Pat Fryer move, maybe it becomes even more condensed. But on the defensive side of things, that just makes it even easier for the Steelers. It's yeah, like
0: <laughs> it's 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 just a matchup i like i get that there's definitely some appealing players but i feel bad about every single player and it's it's one of these offer these matchups that i just feel i can't attack at dfs they you know in your in your yeah. selecting lineups yes you know lamar zay flowers now um mark andrews you've kind of got to plug them in but in terms of DFS, I just don't think I can attack any of them because that over-under I think... is so low. And you know, I, I know we don't ever talk defense on this show, Tom. But I feel like I've, I've kind of got to mention it. The Ravens DST is is priced pretty high. At I think they're forty two hundred this week. Is yeah, that defense I'm... you think you can pay up for given the matchup?
1: I, I don't pay up for anyone in DFS. I, I pay down for defenses all the time because. Scoring is so random at the position, and it's easier just to pay down sometimes. Um, but if from a DFS point of view, if you're looking to play any of the players from this game, it makes sense to just play one-off, say, okay, okay, I'm going to take Mark Andrews and drop him into a lineup with a game stack stacked around something else, or Zay Flowers dropped into this lineup. But yeah, don't go heavy on this one, unless you're me, in which case I'll probably still have one Raven stack.
0: So we've uh, we've got some questions in the chat. Uh, so I only have Jamal Gibbs, David Montgomery, and I presume James Cook at running back. Do I need to pick up Jaleel or another running back? Um, for me, the answer is definitely yes because Jamal Gibbs, David Montgomery are going to have the same bye week. So I presume you're going to have to need at least another another running back to start that week. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'd want to drop Dubs, Jahan Dotson, or DeAndre Hopkins to do it. I think if this is a league where you play with a kicker or defense, I'd rather drop one of them and then figure it out as you go, uh, because yeah, those are all wide receivers who are going to see decent volume.
0: Yeah, maybe it's uh, you need to make go out and make a two for one trade. Uh, Alex Payne in the chat again. I just traded away Mahomes and Ford and got Stroud and Derek Henry. My now is my team is now. Did I win? Uh, what do you think, Tom?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, I think Jerome Ford is probably going to see consistent work throughout this season. Um, but I think I think what you're getting in Derek Henry is going to be very good. I think it's a good lineup. It just feels difficult. When it trades with Patrick Mahomes, always feel difficult to evaluate because although he hasn't had a game over 26 fantasy points so far, when Mahomes does explode, it's going to be very good. So... I think it's about even, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think if if Derek Henry is the Derek Henry we know and love, then I think it's a good trade. I think the problem is is that he's so game script dependent, probably more than any other player in fantasy, and there's definitely going to be weeks where you can't plug him into your lineup confidently. Tamian says, is JT playing? Uh, By all accounts, it looks that way, doesn't it? I think we can expect him to be playing. I don't think he's going to get a full workload, but I think he's definitely going to be active, do you agree?
1: Yeah, that sounds uh, I think there's no reason for them to push him too much to start. And what Zach Moss has done has been very good. I mean, we'll get on the the Colts later, but for now, yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be 100% JT, but it sounds like it's trending towards playing.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Tammy says, start Fields or Cousins? It's Cousins for me.
1: Yeah, just Kirk Cousins. I think what he's been doing passing-wise has been very good so far.
0: Yeah, and then the last question before we move on, Ramon says, please help start to T. Higgins, McLaurin, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, Christian Watson.
1: I think I'd definitely be starting Terry McLaurin. And then I'd have to wait and see what the T. Higgins news looks like. If it sounds like he's going to play okay, then fine. Otherwise, I'd probably end up leaning towards Christian Watson.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm going Brees, Brees Hall and McLaurin here. I, I still want to see it from Christian Watson. I don't know if he's going to run a full snap share. I think T. Higgins. I I can't believe that he's going to play as a wide receiver with broken ribs. That would seem mad. And yeah. straight pick between Damian Pierce and Hall. I'm going Brees Hall right there. So the next matchup we're going to talk about, though, Tom, New Orleans at New England's some interesting pieces. It feels like New Orleans is moving the ball all over the place between the 20s, but can't punch it in. And it feels like New England are just disappointing across the board. Is there anything that you are looking at for this matchup as a, something to attack?
1: Yeah, I mean both teams, bottom eight in total points scored. You can see on screen there. So... Saints average 15.5 points per game. It's just, it's not getting it done. That's why Chris Olave is having some okay weeks, but this offense hasn't really been fantasy viable. You know, Derek Carr is the quarterback, 33 in points per game. Olave, wide receiver, 29. Michael Thomas, wide receiver, 43. Joanne Johnson is tight end, 37. He's had five targets in three games. Last year, he was averaging like, a red zone target in 65% of games this year. He's had one. And it's just really disappointing to see this Saints offense, which has got some great weapons, just being quite mid, really. And that might even be a bit of a compliment. And then the Patriots, we were expecting Bill O'Brien to like bring competency to this offense and help them take the next step and it's not really played out that way you know the Patriots in 19th in offensive DVOA Ramondre Stevenson scoring 0.6 points per touch this year versus 0.9 points per touch in 2022 last year he was averaging four receptions per game this year that's down to 3.0 receptions per game his rush yards per game has dropped from 61 down to 41 it's just not getting it done on any level and Hunter Henry is probably the only player that you could start with real confidence. I mean, he's the tight end seven. Kendrick Bourne is the wide receiver 41. But this Saints team, their defense isn't as good as it should be, but they just have the ability to just suck the air out of the game and produce these low-scoring games. So, I'm not really excited to start anyone. I think if you need to start Alvin Kamara, you can. I don't think he'll get 14 targets for 13 receptions and 33 yards again. <laughs> but the Saints have so little competition that they seem happy with at running back. But it looks like it will be the Alvin Kamara show. Last week's report from Ian Rapp report about how Zeke was going to get starter reps was nonsense from a moment. It was put out there. It was just agent fluff. And... I hope nobody paid any attention to it. It was deep in the first quarter before Zeke got his first snap. And, you know, if you need to start Ramondre, you need to start Ramondre. But don't be expecting big scores from anyone in this game.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing with New Orleans is going to be how how good is Derek Carr's shoulder? Because we saw last week, you know, you said Alvin Kamara getting 14 targets. To me, that's a direct link to Derek Carr's shoulder being an issue and him not having the ability to push the ball down the field. If he is, you know, that shoulder is healed up, are we going to start to see him connecting on some of these deep shots with Chris Olave? Because it feels like they're close. You know, we see on the screen an obscene amount of air yards, an obscene amount of unrealized air yards. And hopefully he's going to start reeling in some of those catches and we can start turning those air yards into real receiving yards. The next matchup. So we talked about Jonathan Taylor. He is, of course, the big name here. Tennessee at Indianapolis. Are you plug and play with Jonathan Taylor if he is active?
1: I don't have Jonathan Taylor on a single roster, so <laughs>
0: it's uh, it's Lucky a tricky yeah,
1: it's a tricky question. Um, I think if you've sat for four weeks without Jonathan Taylor, you probably unless you've looked into something like a Kyron Williams situation it's probably time where bye weeks come where you need to be able to make that decision to play him. I think what we've seen from Anthony Richardson and this offense is that Jonathan Taylor could be insanely good for fantasy in this offense. You know, they're, far, they're doing far more in the passing game than we expected them to possibly be doing with Anthony Richardson. Every week he's making plays where you just like, That throw was incredible and of course then he'll follow up by missing a wide receiver by five yards but the Colts also they're game planning aggressively game to game. Last week they went incredibly run heavy, they led the week uh, in terms of pass rate, under expected they were running as much as they possibly could so It will be interesting to see how the Titans' much vaunted run defense is able to stop them. We've seen that that's a matchup that you want to avoid generally. But the Titans haven't faced any dual-threat quarterbacks, particularly so far. So if they have not no account for Anthony Richardson as well as Jonathan Taylor or as well as Zach Moss, who's played far better than anyone expected him to be, then it could be difficult, I think, Josh Downs, he's averaging 84% of his routes from the slot, and the Titans are particularly weak against opposing slot receivers. So if you're looking for a contrarian play on DraftKings, I don't mind that at all. In terms of the Titans side, Derrick Henry's averaging 90 scrimmage yards per game, and he's had various games where he's been doing, you know, a lot, he's gotten a lot of touches. The volume is still there for him. Last week against the Bengals was a vintage performance, and I think that's going to be game script dependent. But I'm not sure the Colts are going to put the Titans to bed to the point where Derrick Henry can't keep, keep in this game. I don't think this one's going to go away from him to Tajay Spears. But aside from that, you start DeAndre Hopkins because you can get there on volume, Chigosi McConquo. Is completely droppable. We haven't seen anything from him, even in the games which Traylon Burks has missed out. And it makes me sad because he was so much fun down the stretch last year, but he was so good when nobody else was there.
0: It comes back to always always fade young tight ends because they burn you time and time again. Um before we move on, we got another question from Tamian. He says, uh, should I off D Gibbs, Johan, and D hop for Kamara and Walker. No, 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 no,
1: that's... that's plenty of quality. You could get a much better haul for that.
0: Yeah, that's I'd I wouldn't do David Montgomery for Kamara straight up, if I'm being brutally honest. So, yeah, definitely I know. Um, right, but whilst you're here, if you're enjoying the chat, if you're enjoying the content, if you're enjoying everything, you can come into the sanctuary, you can become a member. We've got three different tiers. You can get the bronze coconut. You can get the golden deck chair. And I've already forgotten what the silver sun, silver sunset. There we go. (laughs) Uh, From 99p per month, $1.25. You get access to the discord, my dynasty content. And at the golden deck chair level, you get all of Tom's DFS write-ups. You get exclusive DFS content, contests. And honestly, as someone that's playing the DFS contest off the back of Tom's content, I can guarantee that you're going to win some money because I am at the moment. And it's uh, something I've never really done in DFS. So get in, become a member, click that join button. You will not regret it. Cincinnati at Arizona. Is this the week that Joe Burrow gets it together and this Cincinnati offense breaks out?
1: Well, so Joe Burrow is saying that every day his calf's feeling better and better and that he has faith that he's going to be able to turn it around. But what we see on, paper, on film is that that just doesn't look like it's going to be the case. I think you look back at last week where he said that he felt really good on the Friday going into the game. And then they can't put him on the centre because they're so worried about him. The ball is coming out at a very quick pace, but Joe Burrow's average depth of target is the second lowest at 6.4 yards. That's identical to Justin Herbert's last year when Justin Herbert was playing through an injury. We've seen this with quarterbacks when they can't lean through it, when they're dealing with injuries, when they can't push down in the same way in their legs, then it leads to these dink and dunk plays. And that just isn't productive. We saw Jamar Chase complaining, saying he's always open. But when they have to bring Jamar Chase back towards the line of scrimmage, of course he's going to be a less effective receiver because he's got to get through so many more defenders. The Cardinals' defense ranks 30th in defensive DVOA. I think the only surprise there is that they're not last. You know, coming into this year on paper, they looked like a horrendous defense. But the Bengals a horrendous offensive minute. You look at virtually any metric in terms of scoring, in terms of drive success, in terms of efficiency, and they're right down towards the bottom. Joe Burrow QB 44, Jamar Chase's wide receiver 23, Joe Mixon is running back 25. So I think this game, if I was going to lean into any of them, it would possibly be Joe Mixon. I think that he can probably have an okay game against this Cardinals defense, but we've seen the Cardinals over the last few weeks, they've just been spicy than expected they've stayed in games, they've been frisky Josh Dobbs is the QB 15 at the minute Hollywood Brown is the wide receiver 19 and James Connors running back 22. With Connors it is worth noting that he's losing some of the passing down work, He's his route run percentage has dropped from 76% in week 1 and it hasn't been over 50% since. I can't remember the name of the back running back. I can't pronounce his surname. It was uh, Kendry Miller's backup in TCU. But one. he's been getting on the field more often. So, yeah, generally, I think this one is probably going to be a low-scoring affair. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Burrow take a slight step forward.
0: Yeah, I, I love Joe Mixon this week. He's a top five back for me in my weekly ranks. I think that he's he's someone that, you know, I think you just got to plug and play and, and hope that this Cincinnati offense is going to run through him whilst Joe is getting healthy. We had a fantastic question from Lewis in our Discord earlier that I, I thought was worth a chat on, on the show. He was basically saying, I'm a contender in Dynasty. I've got Joe Burrow. I don't want to sell low. Because his value is lower than where it was at the beginning in the offseason and he's going to rebound. But I'm I'm losing I'm losing points every week because I'm having to start Joe Burrow. Do you think there's an argument to sell low and, and just kind of get out whilst you can? Or like I said in the Discord, I advise just hold it. Hopefully, you're good enough to make the playoffs when Joe Burrow is going to come good.
1: I think selling Joe Burrow low and knowing. You're selling Joe Burrow. Low is going to be the kind of decision which you really regret quite quickly because within two months his value will be back to where it is. This isn't this isn't an ACL injury. This isn't an Achilles injury. It's a calf injury. Like he will get better over time. They have a bye week coming up, not this week or maybe even not next week. One after that, and it wouldn't be surprised to see him get back to you know being his old self within three or four weeks. I would still need a very good deal to sell Joe Burrow in Dynasty. But I think if somebody comes to you with the right kind of deal where you're not giving up a huge amount and you get a player that is going to help you challenge this year, perhaps, but I'd rather keep Joe Burrow and know that my quarterback position is going to be safe virtually every year for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, I think the good thing with Dynasty is that hopefully, if, if you're good enough and if you are a true contender, you can get by with Joe Barry for the next few weeks. And, and hopefully, when he's healthy, you'll be at there. A um, few questions before we move on to the next matchup. Uh, I want to play Dotson tonight, but I also have Addison. I have the Thursday night curse. You going Dotson or Addison for this week?
1: Uh, I'd go Dotson. I think Addison is a great play this weekend. We'll get on to the matchup next, but I'd lean just towards Dotson.
0: I'm going to disagree I'd I'd go Addison this week but um, yeah it's 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 very close so toss a coin if you want to avoid the Thursday night curse then maybe go Addison uh, and then next question on the Dotson front uh, Dotson and DeAndre Hopkins for Brees
1: yeah I'd do that
0: I think if you if you're okay at wide receiver obviously trading two wide receivers for running back you've got a hope that there's some decent wide receiver depth on your roster so if you've got that then yeah I'm okay with that The next matchup, you hinted already the biggest over-under of the week. It feels like this could be an absolute barnstormer. KC at Minnesota, 53 point over-under. Tom, are you trying to get as many pieces of this matchup in your DFS lineups as possible this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, this this is absolutely going to be one of the most popular games-to-game stack this week. I think if you're talking about from a redraft dynasty league, then you can start Virtually all the clear starters, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, easy starts. Cousins, Hawkinson, easy starts. Jefferson, where it gets hazy, Alexander Madison, he played on 64% of snaps last week. Cam Akers played on 34%. I don't think Ty Chandler got a single touch last week or played snap. What is clear is that Cam Akers is probably going to be the backup until Alexander Madison has more fumble issues. And I think you can just lean into that and you can keep playing Madison in games which feel like they're going to be okay matchups for him. And this one is fine. Pacheco, I really like this week. Um, Rashi Rice has definitely been coming on and seeing more playing time. I think that if I was to give you a stat to back up the Jordan Addison stuff, it would be this from Jacob Gibbs on Twitter. 58% of Jordan Addison's roots participation Sorry, Jordan Addison's root participation rate is 58% when the Vikings are playing tied or with a lead. But when Minnesota are trailing, that jumps up to 80%. So if you're thinking that the Chiefs are going to be beating the Vikings convincingly this week, then that makes plenty of sense for it to be a Jordan Addison week. The Vikings, they leave the league with 19 passing plays, over 20 receiving yards. The Chiefs, they've been more explosive in the running game than the passing game because they're not getting anything out of their wide receivers. But the Vikings have allowed a league high 197 points to opposing wide receivers so far this season. So you tell me, is that is that Marcus Valdez scantling week, or is there another player you think gets out wide and gets those points for the Chiefs?
0: I think it's Rashi Rice week. Look, I, I I tried to talk it into existence last week, but I think the Jets matchup was always gonna to be tough. He's he's playing more snaps, he's getting more work, he's leading what Kansas City wide receivers in targets receptions i think the talent is there he he was incredibly raw coming out as a prospect and the fact that he's already eaten into workload four weeks into the season is incredibly exciting for me it's scary because i'm starting him in a lot of dynasty leagues because i've got a lot of players on by this week but i really think that it could be Rashi rice week that you can see on the screen Scott Barrett's yards per route run, Sky Moore has been abysmal, KJ Osborne has been abysmal. Let's throw those guys to the side. Let's let's give Rashi Rice, Jordan Addison, and, and let's really let the young guys cook.
1: I think, yeah, I think it is definitely time to give up on the Sky Moore experiment. Yeah. Uh
0: Tamian, loving how loving the qu- comments, loving the questions. Uh keep them coming, Tamian. Uh, he says rank Dotson. Dubs and D Hop, rest of the season?
1: Uh, do, 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 do. I mean, Dubs has had a fantastic start. Like, I think only two of the wide receivers have more receptions than him over the last couple of weeks. D Hop feels like it could get a bit miserable if the Titans end up sort of fading away. So I think I'd possibly go Dotson and Dobbs. I don't know. How do you see that one, Rich?
0: So I'd go. I think I'd go Dubs one. I think I'd go Dotson two. I don't want D-Hop. No, I think I'd go D-Hop two, Dotson three. I think so. Yeah, definitely Dubs one.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely enough questions about the Commanders. Perhaps that's fair on Dotson. um, But yeah, and if if you're liking these answers to your questions, hit those subscribe buttons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another one, Chris Olave, Terry McLaurin. Uh, He's a little bit concerned about the car injury. Where are you going?
1: It feels like an eruption spot for Terry McLaurin. Um, and we talked about how much that New Orleans game against the Patriots could just be a very low-scoring one. I think, I think I'd think i have to lean towards McLaurin on this one. Don't like
0: yeah, it, The The answer I'd have is, can you not start both? But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's very close. I've literally got them back-to-back. I've got a larvae ahead, but I could easily see the argument for McLaurin. And then the final question before we move on uh, just traded Mostert and I guess Michael Thomas for Pierce and Pittman. Should I also trade Ramondre for Joe Mixon?
1: I wouldn't be trading for Joe Mixon. I don't think that he's going to be particularly great this year. I think he's going to have a good week, but I think Ramondre is going to win out across the course of the season there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what that's achieving. Um it feels like a sideways step, and I think Ramondre's yeah. probably got greater ceiling. I think if anything, you know, Joe Burrow is as he gets healthy, it might start to phase out Joe Mixon. So yeah, I'd I'd stick with Ramondre there. The Jets at Denver. It is Nathaniel Hackett, Revenge Gate, the game that everybody is going to be tuned into Sunday night. Um, Tom. It's Brees Hall breakout week. He's going to get a full workload. Do you think that he's a guy that you're attacking DFS?
1: I can't not attack him. I think um, Robert Sellers' quotes yesterday got taken slightly out of context. The (laughs) quote which everybody latched onto was that there is no restrictions on Brees Hall. There is no pitch count for him going forward. But when you read the entire quotes, it wasn't quite that, you know, clean and simple they also talked about how dalvin cook was getting healthier and that they wanted to get him going a little bit more but yeah Brees hall at 5400 against this broncos defense like they've they just a horrendous they are by far the worst defense against running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed they've allowed 175 no other team has allowed over 120 and obviously a big chunk of those came against the dolphins but they just can't tackle. This passing defense was supposed to be the strength of this team. And outside of Patrick Sertan, they have nobody putting in good games. You know, they will have the second most passing yards as well. They also give up plenty of work to running backs catching the ball, which is an area which Zach Wilson should be leaning into. I think it's been upsetting to see that Brees Hall, you know, our friend John Daigle mentioned on Twitter that his first two carries went for 109 yards. And then since then, his last 30 carries have gone for 101 yards combined, which is pretty miserable. But, yeah, I just don't see how this Broncos defense is suddenly going to stop Zach Wilson when – They just completely couldn't stop Justin Fields for large parts of the games. They haven't forced a non-Hail Mary incompletion since the first half of week two. That's insane. (laughs) Like, they've seen so many pass attempts. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I knew who I got that one from, because that one is great. I will make sure to go and retweet it after the show. But on the Bengals, uh, on the Broncos side of things... I do think Russ has been playing slightly better than he's been getting credit for because the Broncos have been so embarrassing. But Russ's been all right. Like, you know, if you basically track back to the point where Nathaniel Hackett got fired, he scored over 14 points on average in all those games. I think before that, he was averaging like 11 or something rotten. Marvin Mims is one of three players to average 130 plus receiving yard reception per game. Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill are the only other two. So, I think you can find nice little correlations like that. Like Marvin Mims and Brees Hall will be quite a different one. It just feels like one of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton could be the receiver who ends up with the Panthers within the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Marvin Mims, if if you've got a chance to go out and buy him in Dynasty, I think that, that workload, that breakout is coming. Really interesting nugget that I think probably isn't getting talked about enough is DJ Reed is probably going to miss this game for the Jets which means that you've got Jerry Judy's probably going to line up in the slot. He's going to have Michael Carter, who's probably one of the best slot corners in the league. You've then got Sauce Gardner, who primarily plays on one side. But if it means they're going to drop down to Bryce Hall as the fourth corner, I do wonder if that means that could we see Sauce Gardner switch sides, maybe follow a player like Cortland Sutton? Does that then open the gate even more for Marvin Mims to have a good week? I can't decide quite how I'm lining it up, whether I'm attacking Cortland Sutton, whether I'm attacking Marvin Mims, but I think one of them is going to have a good week. I just, at the moment, don't know which one. We've got a few questions before we move on to the next matchup, though. Tamian back in saying, I offer Dotson and DeAndre Hopkins for Brees Barkley. Offer them for Kamara. Absolutely no for Kamara. Happy with the other two for me. Do you agree, Tom?
1: Yeah, I think Kamara's going to have weeks where he's relevant, um, but... They're not going to be the kind of weeks he had last week where he saw so many receptions. And without that, I don't think he can be as relevant.
0: Yeah, nice. And and Martin, one of our members in the chat, saying, is Brees a good play in cash this week?
1: I think so. I think at 5,400, he's cheap enough where we could live with it if he only gets sort of 13 points. I think it would be nice if he was slightly cheaper. But Dalvin Cook looks bad. I don't think, I mean, you're a Jets fan. You've been watching the games probably closer than I have, but Dalvin Cook hasn't done anything to make us think that we should be playing an awful lot of him. I think when you talk about the running back slate this week, you're going to be looking at guys like Devon Ochan, Joe Mix, and Bijan Robinson who are going to be very chalky. And Brees Hall will be the cheapest running back to be around that sort of 10 to 15% owned range.
0: Yeah, and also, Martin, you can want the Jets to lose, but don't worry, we're winning this week. (laughs) If you're here, like Martin, and you've got questions, get them in the chat below. If you're watching this not live, as I've said before, we answer 100% of questions on every single one of our videos. Get the questions in the comments, and we will give you your answer, whether it's start-sit, whether it's trade questions, whether it's strategy, anything. Get them in the comments, and we will answer them. Dallas against San Francisco. It feels like this is such an exciting game, but is it a game that you think you can be confident in starting a lot of the stars, knowing that this is two very very good defenses?
1: Yeah, I think there's. This is kind of like a shows what you made of matchup. This because the Cowboys really haven't been pushed so far. Uh, you know, yes, they lost to the Cardinals, but like. It's not really been a game where it's like, okay, let's get into pure volume and see what like that looks like. I think what we've seen from the Cowboys has been disappointing outside of Tony Pollard and outside of Jake Ferguson, who are both top 10 options at their position. Dak is the QB 21. Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver 91 in points per game, and Michael Gallup is the wide receiver 70 in points per game. So it'd be fantastic to see one of those get more involved in a game where they're probably going to need it. But Dak's average depth of target is 5.4 at a minute. That's a league low among quarterbacks with 25 attempts or more. So he's going to have to get the ball out more often. Like the Niners, their middle of the field, where you're talking about Fred Warner, where you're talking about Tua Funga, that's not where you want to be putting the ball. You want to be pushing the ball to the outside more. And we haven't really seen that from Dak in terms of consistently. Uh, so it will be very interesting to see how he does. In terms of the Niners, I mean, CMC, 81.9 points from rushing. There's nobody else in the league over 61. He has been incredible. So much of what we saw last week was just They knew that they could beat the Cardinals by just leaning on him, and they didn't need to go to George Kittle, who I thought would be in line for a good week. They didn't need to go to Debo, who wasn't healthy. And it sounds like Debo isn't going to be healthy again this week, which then means that you can probably start Brandon Ayuk with more confidence. I think if you're looking at this for Sunday Night Football and talking about which players should I put in the captain spot, Brandon Ayuk will be incredibly popular. I think CD Lamb will be slightly less popular, but we've seen enough kind of big games from CD Lamb where he gets schemed around where I could make the argument for it, but yeah, I think this this is the kind of game where you can start most players involved with it with plenty of faith, apart from Debo Samuel, who doesn't sound 100%, and he's not a player who we should possibly be starting when he's not 100%.
0: Yeah, it feels like he's going to kind of soldier through it, but I don't think he's a player that you can start with any confidence. A couple of questions. Nez, one of our members, says, Who's the pass catcher to stack with Lamar this week? Well, you can either go
1: with Mark Andrews, who, like I say, he's Lamar's first read when he's pressured. He is about who he targets routinely at that point. Zay Flowers, because of the matchup against the Steelers, you know, they've allowed was it four top five uh three top five wide receiver finishes so far the fourth most fantasy points of a position particularly weak against players playing out of the slot so it feels like todd munkin should be getting him into the slot more often than not and doing it um but yeah and whilst you're here also go and check out nez's channel for badge bros excellent merchandise big fan of theirs
0: And uh, another question from Harold. Uh, trade away James Cook and Dubs for a larvae. Running backs are CMC, JT, Nixon, Cook, Moss. Smash?
1: Yeah, I think that seems fair. Yeah, I think you probably need a little bit more at wide receiver and that's that kind of star power that will make your life a little bit easier when you're making decisions.
0: Yeah, that T Money says, uh, should I trade Josh Jacobs and Chase for Bijon and Warzel or Bijon and Swift? My re- wide receivers are Amon Ra alave ridley cup and running backs are jacobs and kyron
1: i would possibly do bijan and waddle but i also think josh jacobs is going to get back into better form soon so i wouldn't be desperate to do that one
0: yeah i think my my question time and time again whenever i get asked trades is what is your aim with that trade and i don't know what moving jacobs and chase to bijan on Waddle really achieves it feels like you're kind of Slight downgrade at one for a slight upgrade at one, the other. So, yeah, I don't love it. Definitely not doing the Bijan and Swift deal. Um, and then Chef Naby says, uh, my current team is Hertz, Fields, AJ Brown, Lamb, Moore, London, Pittman, Stevenson, breeze Taylor Swift, Pierce, Andrews, and Laporta. He says, What trade should I be making? Um, yeah, I don't really know. That team is absolutely loaded. I'm not sure there's, yeah, any so trade this is a-
1: making half PPR, 10 team. I guess you could look at somebody like Drake London as a little bit of a weakness and maybe be looking to find a little bit more running back. But and could you if you could a... package DJ Moore and Drake London into a, a higher quality running back, maybe, or one of them, plus one of the running backs you've got already like Stevenson to try and get up to that elite tier, I might be interested.
0: Yeah. I think you need to go and target like a, CMC, maybe it's an Eckler coming back from injury. Maybe you can get him on the cheap. Uh, Could you do, I don't know, DJ Moore, Stevenson for Eckler, something like that? I think, yeah, trying and going and finding out a a superstar running back is probably the the one. Go and find
1: somebody like David Montgomery who's got a consistent role, is going to score plenty of points, and probably isn't as expensive. And you could probably do in a straight one for one, perhaps.
0: Yeah, love that. The final game of the week, Monday Night Football green bay at las vegas man it feels like these two teams have shown some promise but have under delivered at times is there anything outside of maybe aaron jones jordan love the stars on las vegas anyone slightly sleeper that you're you're eyeing up this week tom
1: it's it's really tricky because what we've seen from the Raiders is that everything's incredibly condensed. You know, Hunter Renfro is entirely droppable, even in the games without Jacoby Myers. He wasn't fantasy relevant. He wasn't startable. Michael Mayer is the Titan 73 in points per game so far. He has no role in this offense, and I'm not sure what it's going to take for that to change. Josh Jacobs, he just he hasn't really gotten going yet. He's... Having the box stacked against him so often that it's difficult for him, you know, to do that because defenses aren't respecting Jimmy G when he was in there, and defenses definitely weren't respecting Aiden O'Connell last week. So I think with Jimmy G back, he was passing through the last stages of a concussion protocol today, apparently. That should help Jacobs. It should help Devontae Adams, who got back in after his injury. And I'd be okay starting Jacoby Myers. I mean, he is the wide receiver, 14 in points per game. On the Green Bay side, you can see our friend, the Dynasty Grill, saying only two wide receivers have seen more targets than Romeo Dubs past two weeks Devontae Adams and AJ Brown. Dubs seen 25 targets. Even with Christian Watson back, even if Luke Musgrave is back from his concussion himself, even if Jaden Reed is still involved, I think that Romeo Dubs has a very bankable role. And much as Jordan Love is probably one of the most confusing quarterbacks in the league, he is the QB5 in points per game. Part of that is because his average depth of target is 10.3, which leads the league. He's pushing the ball downfield, and he's being aggressive with it at times. And much as I think that this Packers team are going to get found out at certain points this season, it's not against the Raiders' defense who are truly
0: woeful. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, every week I do an adjusted completion percentage versus A dot graph that I put out on Twitter, and every week there's sort of 31 NFL quarterbacks clustered in a fairly, you know, concise spot, and then Jordan Love off on his own, because he's throwing the ball deeper than anyone, and completing far less passes than anyone, it's it's absolutely wild, hopefully that starts to kind of progress to the norm, and he starts to complete a few more at a slightly lower dot and... It's a little bit better for him from an efficiency standpoint, but yeah, really like what he's doing for those wide receivers. But fascinating to see when you get all three of those healthy, what it's going to do for your uh, your fancy lineups. Well, that's it. Week five preview in the books, guys. If you've got any questions, as we've said, get them in the comments below. Tom and I will be taking and answering hundred percent of your questions in the run up to Sunday. It's an exciting matchup, exciting lineups. Tom's DFS content will be dropping later in the week. If you're not in the Discord, you can join, become a member, and you get access to all of that good stuff. Tom, before we disappear, anything to add?
1: No, yep. The DFS Must plays video will be up on Saturday morning. The DFS Clinic video where I talk about My cash game course, where I talk about the GPP stacks that I'm targeting, as well as what I view as good chalk and bad chalk, those players who are popular, how to deal with them. That video is a members-only one, which you can access by signing up to the Golden Deck Chair uh, you know, it's less than $2 a week. It pays for itself with the stuff we're giving out in there. Get in the Discord. We've got over 100 people in there helping each other make trades, make starts, sit decisions, all of mine in your content. I mean, there's never been a better time to be a subscriber of Fantasy
0: Sanctuary. And on that wonderful note, best of luck this week, guys, and we'll see you soon.